0: it's Crystal. Hey, it's Jessica.
1: We're two friends in two different chapters of life coming together to chat about life, love, work,
0: family drama, and everything in between. Join us as we lean into living out loud and navigating through life's messy challenges on this journey to find joy in being intentionally human. Jessica, look at us. It's the beginning of February and we have successfully done a whole month's worth of our podcast. I cannot believe
1: that we've done that. I am in shock that it's been 30 days since we've launched. It just blows my mind at how far we've come.
0: I know it's super crazy, right? I mean, we have had so much fun and we have had several of you guys listen and provide us some feedback and we. I wanted to share some of that with you, Jessica, because some of this you haven't heard yet. Um, Yeah, I'm ready to hear it. Okay, Um, so I'm just going to jump right in. And I was just going to share that um, one of our listeners reached out after the Meraki show, like the Mm -hmm. word of the year show, and has said that they love that word. And now they are finding that word everywhere. So there is a Meraki tour group over in Greece that does tours and things around the Mediterranean. And so... They were really impressed by that. And they were like, oh, I need to look into that. Maybe we'll do a Meraki tour in Greece. And I'm like, oh, hands down, let's do it. So it made me do a quick search. And there are all kinds of businesses locally here in the United States that have Meraki in their title. There's like a Meraki Wellness Center here in Florida somewhere, and just all kinds of random things. And I was like, oh my God, I love this that so many people are aware of this word and that they're like, using it and hopefully living by it but now that our listeners have heard it they're starting to see it more and are really starting to uh use it and mention the word more in their daily lives too so i thought that was awesome
1: oh i love that i love when stuff just starts showing up organically and it's like holy cow it just feels like fate and one of those like what is it serendipity
0: yeah like a happy Uh, accident serendipitous moments yeah Yeah. Um, okay, good. So then, one of the other comments I received was that our show was witty and insightful, which I was like, I think somebody pulled out the thesaurus because that sounds like a total like book review podcast review from somebody official. So yeah, I mean, like I know it. who this
1: person is. I love that's my favorite compliment is being called witty. So I would like I to know. send them a big hug that's safe yes. during
0: COVID. <laughs> well, here's our virtual hug to you listener yes Yes. um and then I also heard loved listening to it I found myself getting really into the conversations and nodding along and saying yes out loud to a lot of the things that were being said so I really appreciate that too I hope that you guys are getting into the conversations and joining in even if nobody else can hear you
1: Oh my gosh. I, <laughs> I didn't think you were going to make me cry tonight, but it's definitely like bringing tears to my eyes. That's such a good feedback. And that, oh, that just means so much that people are enjoying it as much as we enjoy
0: making it. I know I've got one last one, which I really like too. So this one was it's down to earth and honest. I like how we're all learning something together. I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Cause that was kind of our intentions, right? Like we want to be Down to earth. We want to be honest. We want to be fun. And if we all learn something along the way, then bonus.
1: Yeah. I love that our intention behind starting this is showing and that people are really buying into, I don't want to say what we're selling, but like what we're bringing to the table, you know?
0: Yeah. And so I will say my transparent moment here is that I loved all this feedback and I took it with just a lens of appreciation and gratitude, but totally sucked and not asking them to actually post this on our social media or on Apple podcasts or any of that kind of stuff. So now I'm going to have to go back and say, Hey, I loved the feedback you shared with me personally, but can now you, can you now go back and put it out there for everybody else to see? So if you guys are listening get ready (laughs) because that request is coming yes because it's so great and I you know I want to put it out there for others to see as well so
1: and I really appreciate them giving that feedback
0: yes and one of our male listeners also sent us an article to review so I will forward that to you Jessica so that maybe we can talk about that in a future show so I love the engagement that we're getting both from from guys and girls
1: That's awesome. Oh, I'm so excited that we are getting that engagement. That's really one of those drivers is creating that community. And, you know, in the beginning, we talked about when you want to be authentic and be intentional, you have to build a community of people that are also like that because it's not something that really comes easily or naturally. It's kind of a practiced um, way of life. So the fact that we're already getting that community and they feel comfortable sharing with us, you know, their feedback and thoughts, Even you know, this has all been good, but even if it's not good feedback, I would want to hear it. What can we do better? How can we improve? Like, this is something that is going to continue to grow and change. And I'm just so thankful that they took the time out to really give that honest review for us.
0: I know. I love it. And I am just so grateful that we have this support. And some of this feedback came from folks that I I didn't really know. Um, mm-hmm. so it was kind of like a friend of a friend or something like that that kind of came around. So I love that even better because they feel like it's almost a little more honest, right? Because they don't right. know me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so they're not gonna sugarcoat it just to make me feel good because they love me, right? Like it was just um honest feedback. So I appreciate that. Well, that's
1: amazing. Oh, that what a great way to start a show. Just my heart is
0: bursting. I am so excited. <laughs> Well, I know something else that might make your heart burst a little bit. What is that? And that might be talking about love since it's February. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe we can dive into some good love dating relationship topics this month.
1: Yes. You know, um, I love a good rom-com and that is something that I reached out to you this week and I was like, why don't we do rom-com versus real life? Because... Even though I love rom-coms, they drive me insane. That is not realistic. I spent much of my early 20s thinking my life was going to be like a rom-com, <laughs> and it wasn't.
0: <laughs> uh, no, I'm with you. I, I like a good rom-com here and there too, um, but I will say it was really funny. This weekend, we turned the TV on, and the Golden Girls was on, right? Which... Isn't oldie mm-hmm. but goody. Well, so once the Golden Girls ended, a movie started, and I was like, okay, well, there's a new movie starting. We'll watch it, and immediately we could tell it was a, like a rom com. And mm-hmm. within like the first twenty minutes, I knew exactly how the rest of the movie was going to go and how it was <laughs> going to play out, um, because it just follows that same typical standard, right, of rom com yeah. movies. And so my husband just thought it was hysterical. He was like, how do you how do you know how it's going to end? And I'm like, because there's like there's like a rom-com equation, (laughs) right? Like there is. some of the variables might change a little bit, but basically it's the same plot.
1: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. You have your high school rom-com, your early like career rom-com, and then your late in life rom-com. And you can put any of the rom-coms which that word is going to just be said a lot. So if that if it annoys you, I apologize in advance. But you can put any of them into those three categories. The high school one is going to have the nerdy girl with the glasses. She's going to be picked out by the jock and he's going to go after her and she's going to take off her glasses and she's beautiful. And nobody understood how she could be so pretty now that her glasses
0: are gone. Know, that drives me insane. Yeah. makes such a big difference. Don't they?
1: Yeah. I, you know, And it's not like, um, something that you can change about yourself. You can't really change your eyesight. It's not something that can be done in 10 minutes. You know, if you had a piece of lettuce in your teeth, you could tell somebody, Hey, you got lettuce in your teeth and take it out. I'm like, Oh, okay. You look a little bit better now that you don't have a big green thing dangling when you talk to me. Yeah. Um, then the early career one is going to be some girl that's really career driven or some guy that's career driven and doesn't have time for love. And they're going to run into somebody in some weird accident and they're going to, keep thinking about them and then they're going to run into each other again and then one of them's going to pursue the other the other one's not going to be as interested like I don't have time for you and then all of a sudden they're going to realize it. there's going like, to be romance and fireworks and sparks and then all of a sudden it's like oh I can't do this anymore and then they realize that they're in love with them and it's happily ever after and then the late in life ones are actually my favorite because I think they're <laughs> a little bit more risky <laughs> they're just I think they're they're funnier maybe because they're raunchier but you know like, it's complicated with Meryl Streep and Alec Baldwin. I love that one. And I just love Merle Streep. Um, you know, Mama Mia, where she's got, like, all these, like, crazy men dancing around, and they're singing, and she doesn't know which one's are baby's daddy. Um, it's just, I, you know, I'm a sucker for Merle Streep and anything. So maybe I yeah. just like all
0: of her old rom-coms. Yeah. I mean, they do always tend to have, like, some sort of a hurdle, right? Like, something that's mm-hmm. either keeping them apart or keeping them from a full commitment and then they find a way to overcome that. And like you said, there's that aha moment with the sparks and the fireworks and everything comes together. And then it's just expected to be happily ever after, which is a good movie, right? It's a good feel good Mm -hmm. movie. It makes you feel good when you watch it and makes you happy and laugh a little bit. Um, But yeah, I don't know that that's how real life really works.
1: I don't either. You know, I feel like when you're with somebody and we're like, the hurdles are not just one, um, no. <laughs> at all, You uh, usually in my experience, don't fall head over heels in love with somebody over the one date where you just ask superficial questions in a weird monologue that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, you, you really have to take the time to get to know somebody. And the more, you know, them, I, you know, I kind of feel like the more you are questioning, like, okay. Do we match up on these levels? Is there enough here for this person that I like? Or am I compromising too much? Are they going to meet my needs? There's so much more to it than just like, oh, they give me butterflies. And right. I think that has a lot to do with like rom coms, show us lust or desire rather than like actual relationship building of like trust and respect.
0: Yeah, I will say too that I think sometimes what we see in some of the rom-coms is where they build a friendship first. Right. So some, a lot of times mm-hmm. with the, rom- with the romantic comedies, the two, it's not like one spots the other one and like pursues them until the other one gives up or falls in love with them too. A lot of times like they're paired together um, for some other purpose. Right. Like, I think of how to lose a guy in 10 days or whatever, like, you know, there was a purpose for mm-hmm. them to kind of get together. They both were trying to to accomplish something that wasn't actually dating, right? Right. <laughs> um, so I think that part can be helpful, right? Like basing your attraction and your interest in them on something deeper than just that physical desire or that physical lust. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because I do think that, there, there has to be more than just the physical attraction. There's gotta be something deeper there. But I don't know that they do a really good job all the time of really highlighting that in the romantic comedy. It just seems so natural that it happens. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know that all of us are lucky enough to find that, that just naturally happens the way it does so easily in the movies.
1: Yeah. Well, and I'm gonna pick on your example, how to lose a guy in 10 days. Because, well, like at the end, it's like they did bond over that. Like they were both lying to each other the whole relationship was built on lies and like, they weren't being authentic or being right. themselves at all. You know, it was like this girl was acting freaking crazy. Well, I hate to say that word. She's acting like those stereotypical things that every, everybody says like, Oh, don't do that. You're going to scare them away. Needy, whatever is
0: this. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: She's needy. She's clingy. She is super emotional. Like all of the things that as a girl in dating, you don't want to hear. Like I, if somebody was like, oh, you're being too needy, I'd be like, oh, (laughs) or like if you're a stage five clinger, that's like a huge insult. (laughs) If you're dating somebody and they're like, you're being clingy. Oh, sorry. Um, And then, you know, him, it was like, he was trying to get this, what was it? A promotion or he made a bet with his friends or something. something. Yeah.
0: Like the diamond account or something. Yeah. Jewelry, something like that.
1: Which is also kind of like effed up. Like, you're going to make this girl fall in love with you and all this over an account. So, like, this girl is just an object, basically, like, something to trade. And I think that, (laughs) and that's a lot of, like, that trope in romantic comedies of, like, oh, I'm going to trick this person into falling in love with me, but now I realize that I'm in love with them. Yeah, that is such a like shaky foundation to start a relationship and they never show what happens afterwards. And I would love to know what happened with Ben and Andy when they got alone and the cameras were not on them and they figured out that they were being shitty to each other the whole time. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't think I would be a nice person in that moment.
0: Yeah, I... I mean, yeah, but I I think in the movie, right, like they show some moments where they're both real with each other. And that's Mm -hmm. what kind of sets it apart. Um, Because I think if anybody was just crappy all the time, like there's no way that I mean, there would be no connection really there, right? Like it would just be frustration and annoyance and (laughs) all of those other crazy emotions that come to, to, you know, my mind. But Yeah, I think it's really funny how the characters usually always have either something they're trying to prove or somebody needs saving or somebody needs helping. You know what I mean? And -hmm. it's like we we build this relationship around how somebody saves somebody else or the fact that now they feel completed or I just hate all of those cliches that. Make it sound as though you have to have a partner to be full or to be fulfilled, or you know what I mean? Like, I feel like the rom coms yeah. really set the stage for that, and I don't like it.
1: <laughs> I don't either. And you know, I, I rewatched The Wedding Planner the other day, it was just on. I was like, oh, I'll look at this. I haven't watched it in a while, and I hate it now. <laughs> I used to really love it when I was little. I love J Lo, um, but that movie is shitty. Like, she's yeah. the wedding planner for this couple. And she is in love with the groom.
0: Right. And they keep
1: doing this sneaky stuff behind the bride's back. And she has the audacity to feel like the victim in this situation. And he has the audacity to be like, oh, I fell in love with the wrong person. It's you, but I don't know what to do. And I'm going to tell yeah. my bride on her wedding day. Also, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched these rom-coms, I'm sorry. We should have said <laughs> that at the beginning. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like that yeah. is a horrible like why why is that something that like I used to think oh that's so romantic and now I would be mortified if that happened to me
0: yeah I mean I think the concept behind like you can't choose who you fall in love with um or like once you fall in love like it's like all bets off like you anything can happen like you can do anything you need to to make sure that 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 love is sustainable or whatever the case may be like And Which I mean, I'm sure happens in real life because I mean, we're humans, right? And we're not perfect. Mm -hmm. But I mean, there's got to be something with the choices you make and how you put it all together so that it's not so crappy. Yeah,
1: I, I'm definitely one of those people that like, you have love for somebody but it's not going to be consistent love 24 seven, you know, your life changes, their life changes. If you're in a relationship, you're going to grow together. There's going to be times where it's harder. Like it is a choice and you are actively choosing to love someone and you're choosing to show up for them. That, that whole, it just happens to you and there's no work and it's not hard. It's Ugh, just not yeah.
0: realistic. I don't it's think that, not. and it's it makes not like me,
1: <laughs> like when it doesn't feel like that when it, especially when I was younger when it didn't feel like that of like oh it just doesn't feel easy i'm having to like put in effort and i don't like everything about him or something <laughs> it just set up this really unrealistic expectation of what love looks like even though i had really strong couples in my life showing me i didn't want that cuz i saw the work they were putting in and i saw how hard it was i wanted the easy peasy oh like we we just can have this one conversation and know and it's like Uh, No, (laughs) that's
0: not how it goes. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have a lot of couples, like strong couples in my life growing up. Um, There was a lot of divorce in my family. And so like my grandparents, both sets of my grandparents were, were married, but uh, one set wasn't happily married and they let everybody know. And then the other was, and so I did learn a lot from them. um, But Yeah, I mean, I think that it's still one of those things that no matter what examples you have around you, whether it's movies or real life, can only take you so far, right? Because everybody's Mm -hmm. different. Everybody's relationship is different and that dynamic is different. And what's going to look right for you isn't going to look right for somebody else. And so I think it's just having that awareness and understanding that it's going to be your own movie, right? Like you get to write the script, you get to write the plot and it can be fun, but it's also going to be work and it's not going to be fun every single day. Like there, I mean, my husband and I, we've been married for over 18 years and there have definitely been days where I don't like him much. (laughs) Um, And I'm sure he has days where he doesn't like me much, right? Like there are just days that it's just hard, you know? Um, and then there are days where it's easy and it's magical and it's fun. And, you know, you wish every day could be like that, but life happens. I mean, you just, you're busy, you know, you're both growing, you're both have your own aspirations and all of these different things that all kind of come together and just create complications. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it is work, you know, but there has to be love too. I mean, I am a, I do feel very strongly about that that it's that at the end of the day there there really does have to be that love and interest um, in the other person, otherwise there's no real motivation to do the work
1: mm-hmm. I can see that for sure. I've never been like in a long term relationship like that where i I don't think I've ever told anybody I love them. I've just have always kind of known before that, like I don't see a future and before it continues, I'm going to just end things, which is probably scary to hear (laughs) for some people, (laughs) but for me, it's really special because it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't throw that word around. It's, you know, it's something that I really do consider. And if I'm saying that, like I'm committing and it's going to be for the long haul. And I think You know, not that I'm like, oh, if I say I love you, we have to get married, yada, yada. (laughs) But, you know, it is a commitment. And at that point, it is work. And I think that you in a relationship, even outside of marriage, you know, dating, you have to put in work, you have to start like building that foundation and having those compromises. And even when you don't like them, like if you have said, like, I want to see where this goes or something like being able to communicate and work past those times where you maybe love them, but you don't like them. I remember hearing that from both of my parents sometimes it's just like, look, sometimes you just, you just don't like the people that you're around even though you love the shit out of them and that's okay. Right.
0: Yeah. And I will say, I think one thing that rom-coms occasionally will do um, it will help one or both of the people in the, the like the main characters like grow right so Mm -hmm. like there are some where I can see like where maybe like the girl is really uptight or really focused on one part of her life and so then she meets this other guy who's like totally opposite than her and you know is like free willed and spontaneous and adventurous and all of those things and so it can almost kind of help shift and your perspective as an individual right and kind of open up your Mm -hmm. Your life to different possibilities and options. And so I, I can appreciate that part of some of the rom coms because I do think that sometimes we can get totally sucked into our own lives and our own individual goals, um, whether that be professional or whatever. Um, and it's nice to have somebody come in and just kind of shake it up a little bit and, you know, bring out that other yeah. side of the person. So.
1: Definitely. I think it's cool whenever somebody opens up the opportunity for you to explore a side of yourself that you had never been brave enough to acknowledge or just to never thought about. I, you yeah. know, in, in dating different guys, I've definitely had that where it's been like, oh, wow. Like that kind of motivates me to see, like, try something. But I had one guy that was really into volunteering and that's how I got into volunteering here in Houston. because I was like, I should probably try that. I'm really interested <laughs> in that. Let me do it. And it's been great. He and I are not together, but I took that away from the relationship and I'm still volunteering and it's fantastic. And I really thank him for that,
0: that kind of <laughs> kick in the butt. <laughs> yeah. See, and I love that. Cause it helps you grow. Um, and it helps you, like you said, explore those different sides of yourselves that you might not have ever known was there until somebody else mm-hmm. kind of piqued that interest or kind of showed you the way. Um, and I think that's really cool. Definitely. And I, so, um, there are
1: examples in rom-coms of the complete opposite where you see the person completely lose themselves in the relationship and i'm going to pick on my girl mindy Kaling, and so i apologize if you ever hear (laughs) this um but she had this show the mindy project and it was a like tv show it was fully based around rom-coms like it opens up talking about rom-coms and like this girl wants to live her life and i just really identified it with identified with it when it was out but the ending i Hate the ending. Like oh, fully no. will not watch the last season because of that ending. She is with this guy who's just really shitty to her all the time. Puts her down. She has a baby with him. They they like it doesn't work out. She like meet, goes out with these other guys. Like and it's really good. And she's in like a healthy relationship. And this guy is just like this toxic slug stuck to her and won't leave her the heck alone. And they end up together and it's the most annoying. It's so annoying when you're like, you want to shake her through the TV. And I, I know I'm getting really hype about this, but it truly bothers me. And I think the reason why it bothers me is because that's more realistic than a happy ever after. Like that doesn't feel like the happy ending that you want to see. You see people that are in relationships that aren't great and that are like settling And not that there's anything wrong with that. Everybody has their own path and their own journey, but that I feel like it's like a scary mirror to look at and like, okay, am I, like, am I doing that? Like, am I settling or am I having somebody who's not really great for me or doesn't bring out my best self or that I've completely changed my life for like, that's, oh, I don't like that. I don't like the realism of it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. I think it's so true because you do see people, whether it be in TV or movies or even in real life where because of life circumstances, they do tend to settle. Or I have seen others who almost get blinded by love, right? Mm -hmm. Like they feel like they're so in love with this person that they can't live without them. And so then that, you know, kind of unhealthy dependent attachment forms. But yeah, I mean, it's... it's so tough because you're right. Everybody has their own path and their own journey. And I think you're meant to cross paths with certain people at certain times in your life, right? Timing is everything. Um, and so, I mean, from the outside looking in, it's probably really easy to say, you know, Hey, this doesn't look healthy or (laughs) what are you thinking? Crazy lady. Yeah. But I think sometimes it's hard when you're in it. Right. And we sometimes will justify or rationalize things to, make it work for us in that moment. Long-term, I don't know. There may not be long-term success or happiness or real joy, right? In the relationship or the partnership, but it may be serving some other purpose, you know? Yeah. Oof.
1: Your life coach is coming out. I know. I love Sorry.
0: It. Sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Well, while we're kind of deep, I will share with you, I found this um, TED talk that was really interesting because it was about the secret to desire in long-term relationships. And so she really kind of goes into, um, you know, like how we pick partners. And if we are looking for um, you know, kind of a loving person to be our partner, to love us, to care for us, to, uh, be supportive, to be consistent, to be stable, all of those things, right? Like that's what we're looking for, for a long-term match, um, which makes, you know, good partnerships, but doesn't always make for good desire. Um, and, you know, we sometimes don't look at that component when we're looking for a partner or a match. And she kind of compared it to, you know, before marriages and things were more of a socioeconomic kind of Mm -hmm. arrangement. So it was there to help with status or to financial reasons or whatever your status was, right? Like it was just kind of that thing. And so desire and sexuality and all of that were just kind of a thing you did, right? Like you had, sex to have children and you might have 14 of them because you know they may not all survive or maybe they had to work a farm or whatever (laughs) um and it but now we're in a different place in our world right and and how we look at that component of a relationship and how sometimes when you have um a partner and the characteristics that you look for to have that stability um and that kind of connection and um that like home feeling, right. Aren't the same characteristics that you look at for desire and lust and kind of Mm -hmm. erotic arousal and those sorts of things. So it was a really interesting Ted talk. Um, I'm not a huge Ted talk person, but I really liked this one and it really kind of broke it down, um, you know, on that topic and kind of what that looks like. So I'll I'll send it your way so you can check it out.
1: Yes. What do you think about that?
0: I think,
1: man, you have my brain turning. <laughs> you have my brain <laughs> turning. So I'm like, I think nothing. Um, Cause my, it's yeah. just like all computing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm still like on the rom-com versus real life. I feel like yeah, for me personally, like there's two categories, like, oh gosh, there's that stupid rule that I'm so bad about being like, yeah. And it's, you know, like you might see somebody and like, oh, like I'm like lusting for them. And you're, you like, might be a little bit more relaxed and like a little bit more fun and flirty and like a little bit more like sexually open. Um, but then when you meet somebody who you really genuinely like, who you want to get to know, who you can like start to see like those sparks of, oh, like we have a lot of fundamental things that we agree on. And like those building blocks that in the back of your mind, you're thinking like, that's good for a relationship. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't want I don't want to like have sex with them too soon. Or I don't want to like be too too easy or something like that because what if I mess it up and they don't and then they think like I'm not good enough or I'm too too easy and that is so such an old-fashioned way of thinking that's still very much in my head I know for a lot of my friends it's in their heads and it's like you don't it feels like you can't be just the same person like right. I can't be a person that has sexual feelings and a person who would be like a good wife, which is so ridiculous because I pride myself on being like super independent and like not needing that and not needing to like, how dare, you know, I would be like, how dare I mean? I'm like, how dare, oh <laughs> um, I would go off on somebody, but in my head, I'm doing that. Like I'm the one who's like slut shaming myself. <laughs> and, like That's I don't yeah, I'm gonna have to watch the TED talk and then um really journal about it because it's probably gonna cause me to do a lot of reflecting.
0: Yeah, well and, and I think it just is it's good to reflect on our society, right? And how we place these expectations so like when you watch a good romantic comedy right like that other person almost seems to check off all the boxes right for Mm -hmm. everything that the other person needs right so this woman can check off this box and you know the man is always handsome he's always you know financially stable or at least if they're young like he's on the path to become successful or whatever the Mm -hmm. case may be you know they're deeply attracted to each other. They, you know what I mean. It's like they have all these things that come into play. That's gonna set themselves up to be happily ever after and not ever have any issues, right? Like whatever the case may be. And so I really like that she kind of like attributed some some examples and some verbs right to the to the TED Talk and the topic, um, just kind of around like love is. I think she puts it as. Um, I, I need, and then desires I want. Um, and so it's like, I need to feel safe and secure with the other person, but I want to feel adventurous and these sorts of things. And so she kind of breaks it down to, um, into how that can sometimes contradict, right? Like Mm -hmm. what you might have with your different partners. Um, and so what she found was that, um, sometimes the responsibility of love, like really kind of butt heads with the desire piece, right? Like they're kind of opposites. Um, and so like to kind of work through that, like erotic couples understand that pa- passion waxes and wanes um, and that you know how to bring it back. And that's the important piece, right? Like that, you know, that it's there and that you love that person, and you have that stability. Every day is not going to be totally romantic and all of these things, Mm -hmm. But you know that it's needed. So you make the effort to put it, you know, to bring that back. Um, And she also talks about how, um, you know, spontaneity isn't just like, oh, this magical day, we're just going to jump out and everything's going to come together and we're going to run off and have this big romantic thing. Like, that's just Mm -hmm. not real life. That is a rom-com situation, right? (laughs) Like, that's totally scripted for the movies. But those who really are successful will plan things out, right? So they will plan it out so that they make sure that they have the time to do it. So just because you plan it out for, you know, hey, we're on Friday night, we're going to go And have these couple hours to ourselves or whatever, date night, whatever. You can be spontaneous in the moment, but you have to make sure that you're coordinating that time, right, to be successful Mm -hmm. and to connect. And so I thought that was a really good way um, to look at spontaneity, right, to where it's like it can still be fun, but it's it's still kind of coordinated, too, and planned in a way. It's more intentional, right, but it can still be spontaneous. So I thought that was really cool. I think
1: that's really neat. And I love that you threw intentional in there because I think that's really important. Like in any relationship, whether it be romantic friendships, you do have to have some aspect of being intentional and setting aside time and like giving to somebody. And if you Mm -hmm. don't and you just kind of go like, Oh, it'll happen. Like whatever, like there's a communication breakdown. You aren't meeting somebody's needs or, you know, their wants and, you're not giving enough time to even give that space for them to communicate those to you of like what they need and what they want. And so when you're intentional and going, I'm going to do this, that's something nice about that. And like, what's more romantic than somebody saying like, I'm making time for you. Like,
0: Holy cow. That's yeah. That's a kicker. (laughs) That's a good one. Yeah. Um, And the other thing that I really liked that she talked about was that the two people that are in the relationship Still have to be aut- autonomous, right? Like there still has to be mm-hmm. some of that uh, need for privacy, that need for um, individual development and growth and connectedness, right? Like that 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 that's really important. That, like you said, one can't be a stage five clinger. One, you know, nobody really wants mm-hmm. to be super needed. You know, being wanted is one thing, but being super needed and always being a caretaker or, you know, having someone take care of you doesn't really insight like romantic erotic type experiences mm-hmm. right so i think it's that piece too that's i think is really important because i i've noticed a lot of folks when they get into relationships they really have that mindset, right? Like you complete me, I hate that, I hate that statement, right? <laughs> um, but they, you know, you see it a lot in romantic comedies and it's this concept or this idea, right? That when you find the right person, you guys will just magically come together and complete each other. And everything then is now us instead of you and me, or, you know, this still yeah. having that two individual identities. It can't be just one, you know, that couple identity can't take over and remove that individual uh, piece and I I really appreciated that because I think sometimes that's hard to to know what's right like how much do Mm -hmm. I compromise how much do I give and you know yeah I feel like that happens a lot in younger
1: couples or couples that are you know like about to get married and stuff there's just you're excited and you are like Starting a life with somebody else, so it does become very like couple centered and your life for that sh- that time becomes like that, and then you start to see after that year of being married and all of the work that comes along with that first year of marriage, which everybody says is the is the hardest and I can only imagine like now you are sharing a life with somebody and you've committed to that that is um a little scary for me um as like a commitment phobe in that sense like <laughs> when I think about it um but yeah, and then I, you know, then you start to see them like having like, okay, I'm gonna go do a girls weekend, I need to do this with my friends and stuff like that. And I think that it's really cool to to have that lens and go, yeah, that's a learning experience. And it's a learning curve, you've got to learn how to have that autonomy, and kind of give back to yourself again, because you've done all this work. And now you like, your relationship is solid. Now you've got to go back to your relationship with yourself if you've lost that a little bit
0: along the way. Yeah. And think about it. Like when, when you see somebody in their element, right? Like if you see somebody like doing their thing and just whether it be somebody who's a musician and you see them up there performing or whatever it is, right? Like if they're doing their thing to me, that's really attractive. Right. And like, that's, Mm -hmm. I don't have to be there and be a part of that. It's not me. It's not us. It's them doing their thing and feeling confident and just like, living in the moment, appreciating their gifts, their talents, whatever it may be. And I find that super attractive. So
1: I do too. There is a reason musicians are so damn sexy. And it's because (laughs) you're watching somebody up there being passionate about some something and doing it because they love it. Like that, I, yeah, there is nothing sexier than that. Or when you see somebody light up about something they're passionate about and just really dive into it and you can see the time and the hours and the effort that they put into learning about this thing. That is, it, you're right. It is so attractive yeah. and it might be something I have no interest in learning about, but just seeing somebody go there. Oh yeah. So sexy.
0: Yeah. um. And here's one thing that she pointed out that really kind of made me think. Um, she said, she's like, in some ways you could say that sex isn't something you do, but sex is a place you go. It's a space you enter kind of inside yourself or with another, right? To where... If you think about it as where do you go when you have sex or what, what are you hoping to bring out in that connection? What do you express? What do you want to express there in that space? Is it a place for like transcendence or spiritual union? Is it a place for naughtiness? Um, You know, is it a place where you can surrender, um, not have to take responsibility for things? like all of these things, right? Like it's not just the behavior part of it or the action of it. Like there's this other concept behind it. And if you approach it from that perspective, instead of saying, well, you know, what feels good to you or that sort of thing, it's more like, what do you want to get out of this experience? And what, how do you feel? How do you want to feel? And then kind of chasing that instead of just the physical act of it and I was like you know that's such an important concept that I think sometimes gets overlooked um Mm -hmm. especially in like the romantic comedies right like for them it's it's all about that that first kiss right and the sparks and all of that stuff and Mm -hmm. they don't really dive deep into really what that experience means and what it brings up for each person
1: yeah. Cuz when you do have a first kiss, it's exciting and it's like, you know, a little glimpse that the person wants to see you again and that they're interested. And most of them are not that great. Like you don't know the other person's <laughs> kissing style yet. It's right. awkward. Like it's <laughs> um and it's not that they're like oh, like that was a horrible kiss or anything like that, but it is like one of those things. It's a learning curve for sure. Like you learn how another person kisses. Like it's not that perfect, like, pop your heel, Princess Diaries <laughs> talk, you know? It's just yeah. like, okay, that was that was good. And I'm excited to do it again. <laughs> but
0: it's not, like, life-changing <laughs> by any right. means. I know. I I mean, I think sometimes it would be nice if, like, the romantic comedies were, like, a legit thing. And you could just hold out for that one moment where – you meet that someone they do kiss you and your foot does pop and you know all of that good stuff but think about all the things you'd be passing up and missing if that's what you're holding out for and waiting for right like you're not open to any other experience unless it fits that mold
1: I would I would be like what is it Oh, like I would have like my own harem of men, because I've never had a first kiss, not give me those jitters or not be exciting. <laughs> you know? Like they're always really fun and exciting and something new. And it feels like you're diving into something unknown. So yeah. like if I ended up with every person that I kissed, holy cow, like we would have to have our own cult because, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wouldn't that be a you good know. romantic comedy, Jessica and yeah. all of her husbands? I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna let go of that dream just yet. <laughs> I will have my popcorn ready because that sounds like a good one. <laughs> sounds like a shit show. <laughs> I sure. mean, it would be entertaining for us to watch, yeah.
1: no doubt. I know the Kardashians are going away, so if you wanna
0: <laughs> Yeah. If you want to the-
1: supply T V time for me and my husbands, let me know.
0: Yeah, Jessica and her sister husbands or brother husbands or whatever. Oh, brother
1: husband sounds so much worse than sister wives. <laughs> brother husband sounds like like a redneck, I married my brother type situation. Yeah. You <laughs> could do husband
0: good. You can do husband in laws. So my mom was married to my dad, but before my dad she was married to my sister's dad. And so they call each other husband in laws. Um So you could do Jessica and her (laughs) husband-in-laws.
1: I love that. That is the cutest thing I've heard. That is so cute.
0: Yeah. It's ridiculous, but it's cute. Um, (laughs) I still just hear like roller husbands. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) That does sound bad. I I, I told you I'm not the marketer here. (laughs) There's a reason why marketing wasn't my major in college that's fair. Cause <laughs> I come up with but, brother yeah. husbands, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um,
1: it can be a call out, <laughs> but so I'm trying to think now, like when you think of that from the lens of marriage, you know, you and your husband have been together. You, you said 18 years.
0: Yeah. We've been married 18 years. Yeah.
1: 18 years. So for you, do you feel like when you watch like romantic comedies with him do you like roll your eyes and do y'all like giggle at how ridiculous it is or are there some things in there that you still get out of it or lessons where you're like yeah we went through that and we learned the hard way
0: <laughs> um you know i don't know that i've ever really put that much thought into it so i'll tell you nick doesn't really watch them like that's not something he's interested in now he will sometimes mm-hmm. with me just because i'm like hey i want to watch this movie and you're gonna watch it with me um but you know, I mean, I think we had our own journey and, you know, we can, this will be like probably I'm sure a whole show all on its own, but you know, we met in high school, so we were kids. So we probably did follow along more with some of like the romantic comedies of the coming and age group there, but you know, it was playful. It was fun. I got, I have tried to remember that long ago, but <laughs> you know. <laughs> When we watch them now, I think we do. I mean, I think you just know that you're in for an element of a little bit of cheese factor, right? Like, cause some of it mm-hmm. is just a little cheesy. Um, and so we just kind of watch it. It's a more playful entertainment value yeah. instead of any kind of realistic, hopeful, insightful type show, right? Like, yeah. so sometimes we'll laugh at it and we'll think it's cheesy or corny. And sometimes I'm like, oh, that was cute. Look, they found their happy ending, you know? But mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like compare it to- to us or our relationship or our story yeah that makes sense yeah I s- I'm sorry I know that's not good entertainment value there but <laughs> no I think that that's that's your truth and that's kind your of boring
1: think- <laughs> no it's not I think it's sweet that he watches it with you and I think that that's cool that even though it's not his favorite thing to do he still makes time because it's something you want to do so that's what yeah. I took away from it <laughs> oh good Good. Yeah,
0: Nick got brownie points in my book. <laughs> oh, he'll love that. He's always looking to score brownie points. I told him I was gonna bring up this TED talk because I made him watch it with me. And he was like, Great, all my friends are gonna make fun of me now and say that I'm not I'm not pleasing you well. And I'm like, why is that where your mind went? I was like had nothing to do with that. Um he's like, I know my friends and that's what they're gonna say. So I just I was like, Well, sorry, get ready then because they're gonna teach you because I'm gonna bring it up. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. I can't wait to watch it. Um, I know that, you know, we just went in on rom-coms and versus real life. And for February, this is definitely going to be our theme. We want to talk about love. We want to talk about relationships and just embrace the whole Valentine's and lovey doveiness that February brings. So we hope that y'all keep joining in as we have more of these conversations. We won't talk about rom-coms the whole time. I promise. I will try not to bring any more up in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, but yeah. unless it really relates, but yeah, no, we're definitely going to dive in a little deeper. I've got lots of questions for Jessica since she um, is out there and dating and done the online dating stuff, which I have no experience with. So I'm super interested to pick her brain a little bit and have her share some stories. Um, but we'll talk about lots of other fun, love, dating, relationship stuff too. So stick with yeah. us. February is going to be fun. Love is in the is air. in the air.
1: Um, thank y'all so much for continuing this journey with us and continue continuing to listen we're going into month two and um we want to announce that we are going to be doing a sweepstakes soon so um, tune in to our social media to get more details on that so we hope to see y'all there and can't wait to hear more feedback from you we'll talk to y'all next time
0: bye guys